We want to talk about faith. We want to talk about um, politics. We want to talk about race. We want to talk about pop culture. Literally, everything, everything, everything is up for discussion, and that's what French culture is about. About. Brunch culture. Brunch culture. Brunch culture. Brunch culture. You ready? Let's go get them. I put this on my life. Oh, I heard a little. I heard a little vibrato in there. I, I, you, Lisa, you've been, you've been, you've been training with Rihanna, huh? Yeah, don't mess around and tell me I can sing. Y'all learning to sing together. You and old Reese. <laughs> Shout out to Rihanna. <laughs> no. Yeah. No. The artist of the day. Did she get like a lifetime achievement award or something? Um. Recently. Like a while back. Oh yeah, she did. I think it was an Icon Award. Was it? I don't think it was. It wasn't Billboard. It was. Was it the Radio Music Awards? Who gave? Somebody gave her a. Um, gave her like Icon Award. I forget who it was. But she yeah, she got like an Icon Award though. I mean, it's deserving in terms of her success and number ones and numbers and things like that. You gotta, you know, let it rock with her. You might be up there with her. You you next. Got your yeah, little vibrato going. Grammy status. <laughs> you got your little vibrato going. I need to make my Twitter. That's gonna be my new Twitter handle. Grammy status. Grammy status. Yeah, that's gonna be my new Twitter handle. Grammy status, Lisa. Yeah. No. No. Lisa, 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 no name Lisa, Lisa. Because I mean, oh. once once I hit, it's just kind of gonna be like I'm gonna just be known. The artist known as the Grammy, Grammy winner. status. Yeah. Every just hits. 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 Lisa. 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 Artist known as Grammy winner, Grammy winner, Grammy winner. Well, speaking of hits, Drake had a fair amount of hits at uh, his pool party. Apparently, which was a bit bizarre. Um, apparently, some chicks were at Drake's pool party, and there was a bunch of people. I didn't, I, I missed this on Instagram. I haven't been on Instagram for a little minute actually i don't even think i was on instagram at all yesterday i was really enjoying this newfound freedom that i have for free time i've really been enjoying but yeah completely missed it i'm pretty sure it was like on it on my explore page but yeah um people posted a video of like two different groups of girls fighting at drake's pool party it's about to be a what girl, girl fight, fight. We about to what happened to her? i don't even i don't even know who sings that song Brooke Valentine? Oh, yeah, there was. Yeah, yeah, I think there was a. Um, but yeah, what you think they was fighting over at the at the at the the, the cookout pool party or whatever this was? Is maybe pool party. Drake or I don't know because I feel like I don't know. I feel like you go there knowing that you're just at a pool party, but you're not really gonna be with him. So yeah, maybe they was maybe they was fighting over bundles. You know, a lot of people out here selling weed. <laughs> she got my hair. No, she got my hair. Um, Malaysian. Hair. I bought that Malaysian Remy. <laughs> <laughs> That's a little. It's a little weird, though. I mean, one thing I will say, and I mean, look, just looking from one of these pictures, it looks like maybe he, Drake probably knows all these people. Um. I don't know. I mean, yeah, he's Drake. Or so he might have sure slept they... with all of them. He's a rapper. Uh, I don't think. Oh, oh. 
I, I mean, you know, you zoom in on the picture, you start looking at some of these girls. I'm sure he ain't, you know, no knock to him, but I'm sure Drake is not sleeping with some of these I just girls. feel like Drake has, like, that slyness to him. Like, even if you listen to his song, um, Best I Ever Had, and he's like, you know who you are? And it's kind of like, no, nobody knows who you're talking about. Yeah, that's actually my favorite Drake song. <laughs> That song has a lot of significance at once upon a time in life, but I'm, um, yeah. Yeah, but I feel like that slyness, like, you could dedicate that song to somebody specific and they know, like, who they are, but I feel like the way he, like, lyrically, it's one of my favorite Drake songs, too, but lyrically, you really, it's like he's slick. He could have told a million girls he dedicated that song to them. Yeah. (laughs) Baby, you my everything. You all I ever wanted. But I feel like that's his, all his songs. Maybe I that's mean, what it was, though. Maybe he probably, like, one of the best I ever had girls was like, he made that song about me. No, he made that song about me. And, well, no, it, that couldn't even been it, too, because apparently it was like, yeah, it was literally, the, from the video I see, it was like one girl, it looks like she has on, like, a white dress, and she, like, just swinging on, stumping this other girl, and then the camera like goes over and you see like this other group of girls just fighting. It's like a big old group of girls and there's a dude in the background talking about, Hey, put this on Snapchat. Make sure you get this on Snapchat. (laughs) Or maybe they just, um, maybe they just, maybe it was staged. I don't think it was, I I don't think it was staged because literally these, I mean, these some real fists. This ain't, this ain't no stage fist. This is some for real, for real fish. But you know, I mean, it's all right. Somebody had a good Memorial Day weekend. I wish I would have saw it yesterday. It probably been really funny um, when I would have saw the video. I like just caught this today, so I missed a whole bunch of it. Apparently, uh, Romeo Miller, though, was there. He posted a video. Um, I kind of want to play it because it's sitting here, but I don't want to. Can I, I can't mute the sound. I don't know. Well, oh, little yeah, Romeo. I'll see. He's so lame. That man name is Romeo Miller. He apparently he's doing he's doing like his his acting career is um taking off. One thing that was shocking though, which I didn't even have planned for us to talk about, but Angela Simmons is pregnant. Mm-hmm. And apparently she's pregnant from some other dude from watching the um the little hip hop show that they were on or whatever uh it was. I thought that I thought her and you know Romeo Romeo were, was together yeah, were either not together because they said they weren't together on the show, but at least gonna. I thought there was like the home team, like what what was gonna happen? Like we we'll, we act, we we just friends. We build a solid friendship, and then ultimately we get together. But obviously, it's not because she's pregnant for some other dude. And yeah, she took a lot of hits for that. What you mean hits? I heard uh, people were like, I mean, of course, you know, it's a lot of people that's disappointed, but um, they were like going in on her because she, you know, she's very vocal about waiting till marriage. And so, like she said, then on the Breakfast Club, I was just gonna say, yeah, I heard. Um, I heard and she said like that, that on the the some something else. Well, I mean, look here, that was her plan at some point in time, but I mean, I, I didn't. I obviously, didn't, she got what she wanted. So, yeah, I was like, dang, I felt bad for her because people were like really, really going in. I was like, leave Alone. I don't feel bad. If that was her. She's a millionaire. She ain't. <laughs> she, she can pay somebody to read these comments and delete them <laughs> if she wants to. Like you, I don't feel. I don't feel bad for you. Ain't nobody paying you no mind, yo. 
Yeah, I don't think it's it's that deep. She's cool. I I like Angela. She's a real cool people. Yeah, she seemed. I used to think she was real ditzy. She seemed ditzy, but um, watching her on like that show and seeing her like do interviews and stuff, I think it's just kind of just the way like she talks. But it literally seems like she's about you know making her own way and and grinding. So that's that's dope. Shout out to Angela Simmons. Congratulations on your new baby and your engagement. And Gucci Mane. Gucci Mane. Gucci Mane is free. Gucci Mane. Yeah, hey. I didn't even know he was locked up. Lisa. <laughs> this is when they say he was free, I was like, oh wow, he was locked up. For a smooth three years, Lisa. A smooth. I thought years. he had got out. You thought he got out. That's that's how time it gets you. Because I I really literally was like, Gucci Man is out. Didn't he go to jail before this and he went back? Yeah, yeah. Okay, been, maybe that's what he I thought. Been in jail I didn't before. Catch him going back. You didn't catch him going back? Yeah, he went back for, I think it was like he pleaded guilty to uh, possession of a firearm and he's a he's a felon. Um, oh, yeah, I think that's what it was. Gucci, no more heat for you. Yeah. Uh, I remember the first time I met, found out about Gucci. I'm talking about Matt. The first time I found out about Gucci Man was um, Jesus the Snowman. What was that song? Ice. I'm icy. Oh yeah, so I see, so yeah. I see. Hey, did you see the video that he? I mean, well, the picture that that was going circulating around the internet of his abs. Mm-hmm. It's like, dang, because you know Gucci Man went in with a not just a a regular gut. His gut hung. <laughs> and the come you know out what like, you say, huh? I, I gotta ask on dear chain hang low to <laughs> do your gut hang low to the wobble to the flow. But that was Gucci <laughs> Man, though, for real. That really was Gucci Man. And dude is, I mean, fit it, it makes sense because you don't have nothing but you, time, yeah. You ain't got nothing but time, so you definitely can, like, I'm really trying to lose weight, stuff. but I don't want to go to you want to go to go to prison. I don't want to go up. to prison. I don't want to lose it that way. Three year, three year workout plan. You'll come out. You'll be. You'll be even more safe because a lot of people that go to prison get saved. <laughs> they find Jesus. Their handwriting becomes impeccable. Like for real, for real. It's it's literally great. Like I used to have, um, an uncle that would write to that would write to us, and like his handwriting was so perfect. And I was like, how does this even happen? Like. My hand like my handwriting look like chicken scratch. Literally I'm typing everything nowadays and my handwriting so bad. Wow. I didn't even know I didn't even know that penmanship like improved too. Yeah, it's amazing. Complete, I know they get ripped. Complete revolution. Well, that's what's up. So they're trying to redo these kids' dress codes too. Oh. <sighs> yes. If I if they ban skinny jeans, that's gonna stop bigger children, bigger girls from getting picked on. As if you can't buy any other jeans and they be tight. I just yeah. So <laughs> I just don't understand the lot. First off, who's paying the salary of the person that came up with this idea? Like, what was it like? Oh, I'm the head of special projects or. You know, I'm walking around and getting like, what type of data do y'all have that says only big girls that wear skinny jeans get picked on and bullied? If you don't wear, if you don't wear skinny jeans as a big girl, then nobody will bully you. What kind of that? 
Yeah, that didn't happen. That's really because people can still see that they're overweight even if they don't have on skinny jeans. Exactly. Maybe we need to have like some. We need to implement some courses about you know sensitivity or understanding you know differences or something else. Something more productive than oh, just everybody stop wearing skinny jeans. That way, the big the big girls won't get picked on. Like it, it. I don't really understand the logic in in this and why somebody would ever think that oh okay this is this is going fi- this is going to solve our problems. Just don't let anybody wear skinny jeans. And why skinny jeans? You know what I'm saying? Because oh but the thing did Not say, straight leg jeans. Yeah, it did say, I think it says it says no leggings in quote skinny jeans or other excessively tight fitting pants unless covered by a top or dress to the appropriate length. The length of the top or dress shall cover the posti- the posterior area in its entirety. Wow. Wow. Put forth a wow. I, I just, you know, <laughs> I don't really, yeah. Maybe I can, I, for the sake of wanting to, I can follow the logic. Well, no, I can't follow the logic. For the sake of wanting to, I can follow the intent. I'll say that um, maybe, you know, maybe they're really just trying to they feel like, hey, let's find a way to help somebody out. But, yeah, this is really stupid. <laughs> Who makes the rules? That's the new question of the day. Who makes the rules? They don't have the common sense. They don't have real good common sense, just like the people that are petitioning that this gorilla of uh, the parents who's child was in the pit with the gorilla be prosecuted for the death of the gorilla like what sense does that make i don't even so well the one thing hearing seeing that i did see i saw that um the story like when that came up about the gorilla but my question was immediately why didn't they like tranquilize the gorilla as because they said that when you tranquilize him he doesn't immediately sometimes they get real agitated and they can come, become a little bit violent before they like sedate. It takes it a while, and they didn't want him in the, with the child in his hand, like becoming like agitated. Oh, okay. So the only thing they could do was shoot him. Wow, because that's like an immediate thing. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Because literally, I kept sitting there and I was like, "But why not just put him to sleep? Why not?" Yeah, like, that was my first him? reaction. Yeah. But I did see what was really interesting, though, was how he was like guarding the kid, you know, like almost like protecting the kid. Mm -hmm. I thought that was so to me, that was so interesting. Like it was because I didn't see what there was a the news channel I was watching said that the clip was graphic. I saw him like kind of tug the kid, like pick him up. But I didn't see him like dragging him around or swinging him. It literally looked like he was trying to protect him almost like a parental instinct type thing. Mm-hmm. But I guess maybe it's because it's like, well, if you were my child, I would still be like aggressive with my child, but you're mm-hmm. a human and you can't take that. It makes Somebody more sense now why they can't. What the cameras, like if you like zoom in, it wasn't that he was like necessarily like, you know, trying to pull a child apart or anything, but the way he was dragging them, the boy's head was hitting the concrete. Oh, okay. Gotcha. And so they had to do something immediate because from a distance, you can't see like 
his head is hitting his head against the concrete. But I mean, of course, I doubt that was the gorilla's intent, but it was just like, that's just normal behavior. Right. It just, that's just, that's just what happened. Huh. And the folks want to want the parents to go to jail. No, I was, I did say immediately, like, how the heck did this happen? How did this kid like fall over here? I don't know the setup, so I I ain't gonna make like no no speculations. But I I, I was like, when I got home, my mom would have beat my behind, and everybody it was like, no, she wouldn't know. My mom would have knocked my behind out. Like, <laughs> ain't no way in the world you finna fall into. You're not doing this. I ain't, no. Yeah, it ain't going down. Yeah, and uh, apparently they said she had a lot of kids with her. Like I don't know. If she- for some reason, she had a lot, and she got distracted. Mm. So it was so, just kind of like he just like slipped out of the way, assuming. Yeah. Which is, I mean, it's not like something that's far fetched. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it, you know, it, it makes. I follow the logic, and it makes sense. It's still really, it, it's still really sad, but even more bizarre that you know people want the parents to to pay for this gorilla's death. Is yeah, because it, it's like if you tore his face off, you'd be really mad. Exactly. And, you know, it it was something that just it's still sad. I mean, it's an animal, you know, it's an animal that's in the that didn't necessarily ask to be there. It like, probably just wants to be in a wild. And so he is being kept in a zoo um, in a seemingly natural habitat and he just had to be killed. But it, eh, when you think about it, it's kind of like, well, it's the lesser of two evils, like three year old kid be killed, gorilla be killed. <sighs> We got to you, you want to protect the baby, you know? Yeah. People have been, been having visuals for the gorilla. Oh, wow. Yeah. Take, you know, I was like, do they not have any time? I just, I don't know. They don't even know this gorilla from Adam. You know, to each his own. I, yeah, if you're really moved by it. <laughs> all right. Are you going to go, Lisa? Did you go to him? No, no. No. Uh, Found yeah. some other things to do. Yeah, I, I understand. Yeah, completely understand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, let us know. Would you go uh, to a candlelight visual for the gorilla? Uh, hit us up in chat, hashtag ChatBC, and we'll be back with our main dish. And we are back for our hit it, Lisa. Main dish. Our main dish. Oh. <laughs> Remix. You know, um, Kid Fury, he sings sometimes. Mm-hmm. So I felt like, in a sense, I felt him. You felt like, like he was like channeling him in this moment? Well, not channeling him necessarily, but I feel like we have that same kind of, like, we like to sing to introduce it, you know? Like, we connect right there. Yeah, so it's like, it's a parallel. We, you know. We, yeah. I mean, hey, they. You, I think it's, sometimes you just need a song. Sing a song. And just it opens everything up, you know that song. Sing a song. 
You ain't like mine. That sounds like, like that sounds like a spiritual. <laughs> it's, an, it's an old Negro spiritual old that Negro Snoop Dogg is not gonna like <laughs> because he's tired of everything black. I'm just playing. It's not everything black. So for today's main dish, I want to talk about. I think is I was listening to Ricky Smiley this morning, and they were talking about Roots, the premiere of Roots. I think I may have mentioned this on the show before that I actually saw. Um, uh, a sneak peek of the new version of Roots at Howard maybe like a month or two ago. Um, it was really dope, really good. I had not, I've kind of forgot it. I, I watched Roots as a kid. Um, I think it was, maybe I watched it, maybe my dad had me watch it or maybe I just saw it on. Somebody had the DVD and I remember sitting down and and watching it but of course i was a kid so you know my understanding of things are completely different the concept of what roots was and everything that was happening all i knew was like slaves and it was bad and you know people were getting beat and i felt really bad but i didn't really understand the all of the layers that happened or whatever so seeing it you know at howard was actually really good for me i really enjoyed it. i really liked it and i tweeted about it and um it was telling people like, hey, you know, make sure you marketing your calendar when it actually premieres. You know, of course, it's going to be on the History Channel. We want the, the numbers to be high because not a lot of people are just sitting around watching the History Channel. A lot of like young millennials. So, you know, I, I wanted people to watch it. I think it's important. But apparently a lot of people had a lot to say about it. There's a lot of backlash. A lot of people felt like, um, you know, roots didn't need to happen, particularly the, the, the biggest voice at this point was Snoop Dogg, who I'm assuming was just in an interview or when asked um, is basically going off on how he's tired of seeing slavery movies. And, you know, the only it's not black is not just slavery. Black is not just slavery. Stop these slavery narratives. And I've heard people say it before. I've actually heard people say that they're tired of, you know, slave movies with or TV shows, TV show Underground and 12 Years of Slave and uh, uh, Roots and all this stuff. People are just saying all together they're tired of it. And I just kind of want to throw it out there so we can talk about that um, to kind of open a dialogue up about slave slave narratives in general on television um, or in the movie theater. Like, how do you feel about them? And do you think it's necessary and relevant in 2016? So I saw this on, on social media last night and somebody made a good point that I thought was relevant. Like there's how many Batman, how many X-Men's like there's so many remakes. Mm -hmm. Like that's what Hollywood does. So why, why would it to me, bother anybody if anybody remade slave movies it's history Mm -hmm. like how many movies of abe lincoln do we have how many moses movies do we have you know what i'm saying like it's history people retell history i mean if you go see all the x-men's i mean that didn't really happen like this this really happened and i think you know it's good for people who are to continue to tell the story because we have a generation that's coming up that never watched the original roots. You know what I'm saying? And having somebody like T.I. in this roots helps bridge the gap 
for a generation, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's just important because it is our history. And I think if you history, I just, it's just becoming a burden for me personally, for me to know my history, right. um, know the history of this country, know my history as an African-American. Like, you know, I think it's just important. And so I don't see a problem with it. I know some people were saying they couldn't watch it because it makes them angry. And that's fine. You have to know like your triggers. And if it's going to like literally make you angry all week and you're not going to be able to work with the white people that at your job, you know, by all means, don't watch it. You know what I'm saying? I feel like, you know, why pick at a story just because it's being told when you have the option not to watch it? Right. Like, but I feel like that's, that. It. I feel like that aspect is a. I, I'm gonna shut up and let you finish. No, go ahead. I'm gonna shut up and let you. No, I'm done. That's my initial spiel. So I, I, I'm gonna say this, and then I'm gonna go and answer the question for myself. But I feel like that's a cop out. People that's like, I can't watch it. I'll be upset with white people or whatever. I feel like that's a. It's a cop out, and it's an excuse because at, at some point in time, for me. This these things happen. Here's a here's a story about something that did happen. Um, And this is fiction. You know, this is not an actual um, this wasn't like documented. This is not like, you know, we we pulled up like documented transcripts. It's fiction based on reality. So based on what actually happened and, you know, there's a lot of research and everything that went into it. But it still is a fiction story. And I think I just hear so many people just kind of like demean watching movies like that because and maybe and sometimes it's like okay but if every time it's like well i don't want to watch this movie because you know it's gonna make me upset with white people well honestly you know this stuff happened and you still gonna have to deal with white people in general you know what i'm saying (laughs) and for me what it does is watching these movies is it should honestly you should want to get to that place so that you can think through it right you should want to get to a place where you are you're 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 like yo i'm so emotionally moved by this piece of work and this artwork that i want to work through why i feel this way i want to really understand where i am and how how different t- things are the differences of me, the things that i'm going through today as opposed to back in the day and also the things that feel very similar and really think through those things and work through those things so that I can be a leader for change. I can be an, an, an accessory to change, or I can honestly inspire somebody else, you know, to do the same thing for me. Mm-hmm. I don't think I get so frustrated with hearing people say, you know, they're tired of slavery movies. I'm tired. We're not black. People are not just slaves. Number one, that's not the only thing that's out there. There's so many things that are out there. Um, and, there's still a lot more that could be out there. When I say so many, I'm not saying like, oh, you know, black people are oversaturated in media. I'm not saying that at all. But what I'm saying is there are other options and other choices. But this is something that you need to know. And if you've seen it, Snoop Dogg, you know, he's a little older. So maybe he has seen every slavery movie. And he's tired of watching it. Will you do that right? But Snoop Dogg, uh, 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 15 year old has never watched the original roots. I watched the original roots and there were so many things that even in going back and saying like, Hey, let me look at clips from the original roots. I was like, I don't even remember this. And they're saying, Oh, you know, this scene, um, 
it was one particular scene, the scene when they were they were on the ship on the way over and um, all of the slaves communicated through song Mm -hmm. and start and tried to take over the ship. I forgot Mm -hmm. about that. You know what I'm saying? In the moment of sitting there in the auditorium at Howard watching the screening, like I got everybody. There were so many cheers and we were all excited and happy. And, you know, I was on the front row, just get them, get them. Like, you know, just super, super excited and super happy. And there was a, there was a moment of, of being proud of what these people who didn't all speak the same, uh, language, they didn't have the same, even if they spoke same language, it wasn't the same dialect. Like there were so many different differences in them, but they all put those differences aside in this moment to try to work together to save each other. To me, that's powerful to think about how powerful music is for, uh, for for us and for our culture to think about why we lead in 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 music and entertainment and think about how much that meant for us just in that one time you know what i'm saying and not thinking about back in 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 days of being in africa but just thinking about that one scene and what that represented and what that meant to me it was just it was really powerful and and there was a panel discussion afterwards and uh we had a they were talking about you know the importance of music and and to black people um and where that stems from and how you know in doing research for the movie finding out and even going back to like you know people looking at uh, certain like African tribes and knowing different elements of the, of, of that, of the, those groups of people and understanding that like, honestly, music was really music and rhythm was really a big part of that. To me, that's something that I need to know. And there's something on the, the normal, the, my normal day in my normal life. It's not something I'm going to take the time to think about, you know what I'm saying? Because I got so many other things going on. So for me, mm-hmm. I just, it, it really I just take a pause and I get really frustrated when I hear people say it, because, again, as you mentioned, there are so many remakes of Batman and Superman and uh, Spider-Man. Literally, Spider-Man had like they had ju- they were they had just finished one series and maybe like a few months later, they re upped the series. And, you know, people still went to it. But another point that was actually made, Jeff Johnson actually made it this morning on the Ricky Smiley Morning Show. Um, I'm sorry, it wasn't Jeff Johnson that made this. I think it was there was. Ricky Smiley's attorney friend. I forget his name. Gosh, I want to quote him. Did you make crap? No, 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 no. Um, it's another like friend of his, but he mentioned it. He was like, you know, how many times have you heard a Jewish person say they're tired of hearing, they're tired of seeing narratives of the Holocaust? Nah, I haven't heard any. Exactly. Because what the lens that they look at this through is how triumphant, how how tragic it was, how bad it was, but how this group of people, these people that were separated from their families and made it to America or made it, you know, out and weren't killed during those times, how triumphant those people have been. And so one of the things that for me, I challenge people that take an issue with seeing all of these quote unquote slave narratives that you're just so tired of seeing black people as slaves. Honestly, I feel like you're really looking at it through the wrong lens the lens that you should be looking at it through is this tells a story of triumph because that's that's really what it is it's hard to watch it is hard to watch watching the slavery scene for me um with kunta was extremely 
extreme when i tell you extremely hard to watch like my mm. hands were shaking because it was so hard for me to view it because i'm like wow and this is just a hollywood recreation imagine the real life version of this you know what i'm saying like imagine how that was the beating <laughs> may not have ever stopped it honestly may may have ended in like a lynching or killing or you know multiple killings in that moment so it's like what i'm watching may not even really get everything that actually happened but just watching it and knowing it and thinking about wow look at where we are you know look at where we are today look at where i am look at the fact that i'm not having to be in this very situation to me that's inspiring but another thing that specifically about this scene because i've been saying this and this actually since being at that screening at howard it's made me kind of think of so he was getting beat that that scene that i was referencing with kunta getting beat they kept telling him that his name was toby and he's like no my name is kunta kunta kente and like Mm -hmm. that's my name Mm -hmm. and he realized and his dad had taught him the power in people saying your name and referring to you by your name and that name was given to you for a reason and so you you make people call you who you are and so for me it was just so powerful watching that this character was willing to die and like he's getting beat senseless and he is still saying that is my name this is my name like I'm you're not going to take me from who I am, but it was take me, take me away from who I am. But I think it was, um, whose character was it that said, Oh, you you said it. There was, I forget, I forget the character's name, but he basically told Kunta that you say the name that they want you to say, um, for them, but deep down in, in your heart and in your head, you know your real name and you respond to that name. You respond to that name for that reason. And you hold on to that name and you never let that go. And for me, there was another moment of just being inspired of like how strong of a person you have to be, um, how strong these groups of th- this people, these people have to be and knowing I'm a descendant of that. To me, that's the lens that we should be watching these these things on. Like when I watch Underground, what I loved, I was like, wow, literally you're looking at the strength of a mother, you know, who's doing things, be it right, wrong or indifferent to sacrifice for her children. And then you're looking at this this kid, this man that really has very minimal education, but is taking the little education that he has and he's trying to save all of these people to get them to go you know to freedom and to me that's that's inspiring and that's what i feel like people should be looking through these lens. you should be looking at it from those lenses and not from oh they just showing in our face as snoop said they just put in our face how how bad they beat us how bad they beat us Mm, i don't really think and even if that was the intent for some sick person that was like you know what let's just make a slavery move so we can remind them you know what we did for me, I don't I don't even think that that's what you should be taking away from it. You should be looking at all of the other elements that are going to teach you and inspire you and your children again, because the old roots came out way back in the way back. Kids not even watching it. Like when you think roots, you think old, you think long, you think, oh, gosh, I got to sit through that. But knowing that, yo, they're redoing it and a Nooney Rose is in it and T.I. is going to be in it and Lawrence Fishburne and. 
wow, these are names that I'm familiar with. These are people that, you know, I've heard my mom, my dad, my cousin or whoever talk about. Let me watch it now to see what this is all about. Yeah. And it's interesting to me for it to come from Snoop Dogg only because he doesn't present the best images of us as African-Americans. Um, in, in his, in his, in the things he produces. So, I mean, that he could, I just, he receives a lot of criticism for what he does. So I would expect him to kind of lay back on this one. Cause I think in, cause for, uh, they, they mentioned this on Ricky Smiley. They were like, um, I think it was head crack. He was like, you know, I can kind of see where Snoop is coming from, you know, just in the sense that as a father, though, you know, outside of his his art, his entertainment, how he makes his living. Honestly, as a father, he shows up. He's there with his family. You know, he's a family guy. He's a family man. Um, So he's probably teaching his children these things. His his children are very, excuse me, aware and, and you know, knowledgeable of things of black history and our history. Um, But so for him, it probably seems redundant, but you have so many kids that don't have that, right? You have kids that don't have active parents. Honestly, you have kids that have active parents, but that are active about every other thing because they don't really know much about their history. You know what I'm saying? And so you can't teach a person the importance of knowing slavery. So it's important to know about slavery, not because I saw this one tweet um, that was in this article that was like, uh, if you're watching, like there was the one person that was like, you should be ashamed of yourself. Another person was like, so black history started on being loaded onto boats. Nobody said that this was the definition of black history. Nobody said that this was the origin of black history. It's a part of it. But it is it is definitely a part of history. And it's mm-hmm. a part of history that honestly people need to see in order to respect people need to see in order to respect the struggle and to be able to piece together and understand when people say, Hey, when we talk about colorism or we talk about, you know, why blacks are, why black people are behind in so many statistics in this country, we honestly have to look at the origins of both races or multiple races in this country to really get a picture of, wow, this makes more sense. It's not because they're just black and incompetent and dumb. Honestly, if it weren't for this free labor, we wouldn't have a country. So, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? It just gives more. It, you got to know the past to understand the present. Exactly. It and gives more context. Fa- and the fact that school books, you remember there was that big thing uproar because in the school books, they were uh, kind of depicting slavery as something where like we were just kind of servants. Yeah. But it wasn't gruesome. Yeah. So was, you need stories like that <laughs> because to tell the truth about what really happened. I remember my my book. I want to say maybe I was like in third grade. I'm going to say third grade because I feel like second grade. I might have been just too young. But I remember reading about slavery and slavery was all of like three sentences. It talked a lot about indentured servitude. It talked about, Mm -hmm. you know, how indentured servants came over and, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of the labor was that it talked slightly. It's literally it had to be like three sentences. And I'm going to say maybe it was a little later than than third grade, because I don't know if they introduced that in third grade, but I want to say it's third grade because I remember in third grade saying that's when I was like, I don't want to read this about history. Um, It's a bunch of people that I don't know. And there's no pictures of them. So I'm never going to remember their names. But. There was 
um, but they, they talked about slavery and it was very, very short. And then it went on to talk about, you know, you know, everybody living together and things being cohesive. And, you know, we had some challenges in, in learning how to share this land together, but we've learned how to do it and all of these things. So I remember honestly for a while as a kid, not really understanding the depths of slavery and having watched Roots, but just being like, oh, okay. I mean, I guess this was probably like a three month thing and they just made a movie off of like the three months that it happened. And then to, you know, get older and learn a lot more and really learn the truth. And it becomes, wow, Mm -hmm. this is, you know, and then I didn't understand it, but it really wasn't for me until I got into college when it became like, but what this tells me though, is how strong that I am how much mm-hmm. strength I come from. You know what I'm saying? How appreciative for me I have to be for the past, for my ancestors. Um, honestly, for even just the idea of me being connected to somebody of so much strength. I think about, you know, a lot of times during Black History Month, we talk about like the civil rights movement. Um, but you, you think about just slaves. I remember making this one post is one time that said like it was like a Facebook post that I made a while ago, but it was like a realization that I had that I'm literally the dream of a slave that I've never met that I didn't know once at some point in time, there was a slave that was just dreaming that, you know, one day I want to be able to read. I want Mm -hmm. to, you know, one day I want my offspring to be able to read and write. And I'm like, wow, here I am reading and writing and doing all of these amazing things. And I'm so thankful of it, but I just want to take a moment to say, thank you, you know, pray to God and just be like, Hey God, I want to say thank you to you. And also thankful, say thank you to these people that died so that I can be here because they aren't, you know, the Harriet Tubman's they aren't, it is just the regular field slave, house slave that was just working and that literally their sacrifice of them just doing, working by the rules and going by the books. Here I am today as a result of that, because I could have easily, you know, have been born during that time. And I just I don't know. There's so many ways that I think that we should be thankful of. And I when I hear people say things like we're they're tired of slavery movies, my first thought is frustration. My second thought is you're not looking at it from the right lens. And then my third thought is how much more, how much more detrimental is this going to be to our community by having people that just want to just throw it away? Um, the guy on Ricky's mile this morning said the one thing that uh, some, some schools are, are starting to do is basically say kind of minimize slavery even more. And not just from not talking about it, but talking about it and saying that that it was almost voluntary, like it was it was like voluntary for a certain period of time, similar to how slavery worked um, in like African countries. Like, you know, you're a slave for a period of time to pay off a debt or, you know, you're a slave uh, and you can work yourself and you can do something to get yourself out to buy your freedom, if you will. And they're trying to like shape American slavery to appear as if it was parts of that in some newer books, history books. And it's like, no, that is here is why we need to have these stories and these narratives. So people know the truth and understand the truth and understand what that meant then and what it means now. Yeah. 
everything you said is basically everything I want to say. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I just, I just, yeah, I get, I got so hyped hearing, hearing the dialogue about this. I was so disappointed though in like going on Twitter and seeing what people were saying, and there was there, there were a lot of people that were in support of it, which I was really excited about. But seeing you know people and clicking on people's profiles, which I sometimes do when I see them, and I like want to see what their profile is, and it's like some 12 year old girl that was just like, I don't need to know about this. I'm tired of people always trying to make us depressed and sad about being black. Like who wants to see this on, um, on their, on who wants to see this at nighttime and go to bed having watched this. And it's like, I just want somebody to grab you and tell you all of the reasons that you should want to see this, all of the reasons that you should be proud when you watch this, as opposed to just focusing it on, oh, you got beat or you were, you know, you were killed or you were hung. Like those are parts of it. But the true magic to me is the fact of triumph, of strength, of love, of how much these people cared about each other, that I'm going to sacrifice, you know, myself for my child, or I'm going to sacrifice myself for my mom or my, 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 my dad, or, you know what I'm saying? Like, those are the things to me, like there are, there's a lot of hurt in it, but there's a lot of things that I feel like we should walk away being proud of. Yeah. We proud of our history. I'm black and I'm proud. Say it loud. I definitely am. And y'all let us know what y'all think about this whole idea of slavery movies and roots. And is it too much? Are we over it in 2016? Have we heard the narratives told in too many ways so many times? And honestly, I respect people. I'll still respect you if you feel that way. I think you're absolutely wrong. Um, And especially in knowing that you know, as time goes on, things are forgotten. You know, people document things continuously so stories can be fresh and people don't forget them. The minute we stop doing that, it'll be somewhere old in the archive that nobody's going to take the time to to watch and to listen to um, because they're disconnected from it. So anyway, I know I just got back on it. I can talk about this all day, but y'all let us know. Hit us up. Use the hashtag ChatBC. Let us know what you think about it. Hit us up on Twitter at Brunch Culture and on Instagram at Brunch underscore culture and let us know what you think about this topic of roots and of slave narratives um, on television and, 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 and TV. Let us know if you support it, if you like it, if you don't. And if you don't, Please tell me why. I really, really want you to. You can at me at RK Trailblazer and let me know what you think, because I really want to have this conversation. And we will be back now for our toast or roast. Now we're back with our toast or roast. Toast or roast. Toast. We had a song too. Yeah. We really need to record our album while we're playing. Honestly, though, for real, we're going to get in the studio one day and we're just going to do some. I told you I've been working on like these, playing with like these sounds and stuff on GarageBand. So we're going to produce an album. It's going to be Brunch Culture, Brunch Culture Platinum. Number ones. That's what we're going to do. We ain't going to call it platinum. We're going to call it the number one so we can get our number ones. Anyway, so um, I'll kick off the toast. I got a toast this week. Um, My toast is going to be. So yesterday, 
it was Memorial Day. Um, I spent time hanging out with some friends. And one thing that we were doing was listening to a lot of R&B, uh, 90s R&B music. And there's so many cuts that I have, so many songs I have. I have a lot of music. Um, not all of it is in my iTunes. I have still some CDs that sometimes I'll just pop in and all this stuff. But there's so many songs that I just hadn't heard in a while. So listening to it, you know, you listen to 90s music. It's the nostalgia kicks in. You start like feeling the vibe and you're real comfortable. But the one thing that I want to toast to, though, is to 90s music, but also to 90s music that had a positive message. Because that to me is what really sets like that music apart from what we have today. Like I, I'm I'm a music head. I love music. So I can I can accept that, you know, music is just different. It grows. It progresses. Honestly, people are just, you know, beats became a really big deal and producers became a really big deal. So now you have a lot of songs that have a lot of beats. But to me, I've always loved lyrics and I love the fact that so many songs in the 90s had like a positive theme to it. It was trying to teach you something. It was trying to, you know, inspire you, or encourage you to believe in yourself or to make a better choice or to, you know, wrap it up or to be mindful of what's going on. You know what I'm saying? Like to mm-hmm. me, that was just I love that. Like and I love that there were so many artists that weren't afraid to do that. And those quote unquote message type songs were honestly successful and were powerful. And you had people that were, you know, creating music that was inspiring somebody. You can literally listen to somebody's album and it can get you through uh, a death, a breakup. You can party to it. You can ride around and put the, t- the the top of the Jeep down and just ride to it. Like it was just so many different things. And I just appreciate it. So I'm a toast to 90s music. And I want y'all to hit us up and hit me up and let me know. Um, y'all can hit us both up, honestly, at Brunch Culture on Twitter and um, on Instagram at Brunch underscore Culture. And let us know, like, what's your favorite 90s feel good song? It could be any song by any artist. It don't have to be like just um, R&B music. I love R&B music. It doesn't have to be R&B music. But what's your favorite song from like the 90s era that like just make you feel good? Hit us up and let us know. Mine is more money, more problems. That's your favorite from? Listen, don't judge my selection. (laughs) That song, like, whenever it comes on, it's one of my favorite songs. Call Me Corny. It's fine. I I love Puff Daddy. I really, you know, if anybody wants to give me a gift, give me tickets to the Bad Boy Reunion Tour. Um, Is it coming here? I I honestly want to go. For real, for real. I don't think it's coming to Florida. But, I mean, hopefully I'll be in the DMV area. I feel like it's coming to the DMV. I think it's. I, I think I looked. I don't. I, it might be in. Baltimore. I wish I was at the one in when they was at um in New, New York because yeah, that was dope. That's the one that's gonna be fire. Usher was there. Jay Z was there. Look, Kim was there. Everybody was there. I was like, I want to be there, but I wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna toast to um. What am I toasting to? I'm toasting to LeBron James and um Steph Curry. I love. Steph Curry, I love Aisha Curry. I love their little daughter, Riley. Yeah. When she she has so much personality. When she went up to them people and did like the eye thing. Yeah. 
I was like, oh, she's so cool. I just feel like she's funny to me. Like, she'll be entertaining to be around as a little kid. Um, I like them as a family unit. I think Seth Curry is amazing as an athlete. I'm a diehard LeBron James fan, so I want LeBron to crush Steph Curry. But I still like them as a family unit. I feel like I, I fell in love with them as people, but I still love LeBron James, the athlete. So, but toast big up to them. It's going to be a good series. I hope um, LeBron James pulls it out. King James, we need him to win. He's been in the finals, but he's not one. He's only won two. We need this three, um, and then we're gonna we're gonna make it happen. So, yeah, that's my toast. All right, and we are gonna hit y'all with our good vibe. Uh, this week's good vibe is as soon as I can find it. Um, I can read it. Yeah, you go ahead because <laughs> I can't find it. <laughs> he who is not courageous enough to take risks will accomplish nothing in life. And that is from the great Muhammad Ali. Hey, I think that's really dope. I think that, again, you know, it speaks to you got to it, it's so good and so easy to be comfortable. But honestly, when you take the risk, that's like when everything happens with no no uh, reward without a risk. Hey, so go for it. Was that is that we got anything else? That's it. That's it. Well, we thank you guys as always for listening to the show. We thank you guys for supporting us here at Brunch Culture. We ask you guys to continue to support us, continue to comment, leave us some some ratings on iTunes. Let us know what you think. Um, good, bad, indifferent. Rate us on iTunes. The more you rate us, the better it is for us to. Uh, Get up on those iTunes charts to continue to get new listeners um, as well as be able to continue to bring the show to you guys and hopefully get us some sponsorships here pretty soon. So hit us up on social media on Facebook dot com backslash brunch culture on Twitter at brunch culture on Instagram at brunch underscore culture. And Lisa, unless Lisa has anything else to say, we are going to be out of here. Yep. And remember here at brunch culture, everything is up for discussion.